Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. It's Monday, July 15th. I'm your host, Jason Moser, and on today's show, we bring you another installment of Between Two Fools. Brian Ballard is the co-founder and CEO of Upskill, a company focused on building enterprise software for augmented reality devices. I recently sat down with Brian to talk more about Upskill and where he sees augmented reality taking us in the coming years. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, Brian, first things first. Let's talk a little bit about what Upskill is, because while it may not necessarily be a household name yet, we think it will be, and we can certainly see you're on your way. Tell us a little bit about the company, what it is you do, and why we should be excited about the company in, in the augmented reality space. So, Upskill is a connected worker company. What, what that means is we're trying to bring information, um, ideas, better access to data, all the way from your kind of industrial kind of corporate data centers, all the way to the people who are the front line of the workforce. And we do that by not putting information like at the tip of their fingers, but into their field of view using augmented reality as our primary interface. Um, think of us as upskilling uh, blue collar, new collar workforce roles uh, that are um, you know, drive almost half of the economy. And traditionally speaking, the current type of um, digital devices, whether it's computers or, or mobile phones, laptops, whatever, just have not been the right tool for those jobs uh, when you need to work with your hands on something other than a keyboard. And that's that's where AR is really a transformative uh, approach to solving problems that have really existed for decades. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that phrase, field of view. As I was looking through your website and I saw some of the industry research there, it's it's fascinating to me to think about the fact that, I mean, we've, we've seen smart glasses and Google Glass and whatnot, and that's never seemed like it really took off on the consumer side. But the thing that consumers and investors often don't really see, uh, and I was fascinated to see this, the number behind this, this ABI research that shows that 42% of US-based industrial companies currently use smart glasses as a part of their workforce. I mean, most people don't really see that from the consumer side. Yeah, I think I think you're right. A lot of this happens behind the scenes, just as like you don't actually see how the you know the warehouse worker engages with the Amazon delivery you placed. You don't see a lot of the industrial machinery that really happens when you you kind of get the, the end consumer output of, of this massive industrial production engine that that powers the economy. Um, but that's exactly where uh, this technology has incredible outsized impact. It's solving a real problem. It's not just kind of a a, a fun mechanic to to play with. It's it's a tool. Speaking of which, you know, we've we've talked about some of the challenges, perhaps on the consumer side, understanding how it really impacts our lives, not really seeing the day to day. What are what are some of the bigger challenges that that you're facing in this space today? What are some of the challenges you've been working to overcome at Upskill as augmented reality becomes more of a known force? Yeah, and the the real I think um, heavy lift for a company like us that's that's on the software side um, is in this this industry Ford Auto transformation uh, that's happening. It's, that's not an overnight thing. You don't show up with smart glasses and all of a sudden this takes off. There is a significant amount of complexity in how these large organizations, even small ones, to 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 some degree. Um, operate at these incredible efficiencies. And that means you have to plug into these systems without breaking them. And that means there's an operational technology component, there's an information technology component that haven't traditionally uh, collaborated um, in, in kind of reinvigorating their, their own industrial practices. And that's, that's something that's changing right now. 
say that's probably the single biggest challenge. All of the things that we do at the edge that that touch the person. I mean, it's 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 battery life management. It's you know prescription lenses. It's you know comfort. Like those are things that that in the grand scheme of things are simple problems to solve compared to the complexity of of an industry transformation. One of the more enjoyable things for me digging into this space and then helping to bring this service to our members has been learning uh, about all of the different markets where augmented reality is having such a great impact. And I think most people today just think gaming or entertainment, and they don't really think or see augmented reality as having a huge impact beyond those spaces. They don't really think it's a thing yet. But one of the markets I've really enjoyed learning more about is healthcare. Uh, and, and given that, I wonder what are some of the industries that you're most excited about where you feel like augmented reality is having the greatest impact? Yeah, it's um, you know the 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 large system manufacturing space has been absolutely fascinating to observe the transformation they're going through. We work a lot with aerospace and defense companies. Um, oh yeah, yeah, building things that you you might fly in, um, uh, you might ride in. Uh, you know, that could could be some of the heavy equipment that's building the building that you live in. Um, it's what we can do for the workforce is transformative, and this is something that. Um, you know, watching how these uh, systems are brought together is kind of one of the coolest, like, you know, I guess, take yourself to work days, not take your kid to work day <laughs> that, we, that we get to see. I mean, it's like, it really is, um, it is pretty cool. And there's, um, there's a lot of industries that if we can drive value there, there's a lot more that follows suit as the, the technology um, kind of muscle memory of how you implement this um, becomes more accessible. Um, but manufacturing is one I'm super passionate about. Um, we're seeing really interesting things happening in kind of the back, um, the back office side of of retail. Um, just as you're moving goods and services, we tend to think about things in in three three functions: make, move, and maintain across the product lifecycle. And augmented reality can touch each of those um, each of those kind of human roles. You mentioned retail and, and what has been unbelievable to me in, in such a short period of time. It's just a little simple tool. When you see it on apps like Amazon or Wayfair or even Home Depots, you know you can put the item in that room in your house or in your yard or wherever and actually see if it's going to work. Does it fit? Does it look good? I mean, I've actually used that function to buy furniture for our house and it does work like a charm. I mean, it's, it's really, it really is a sales converter. Yeah. If you think about like that as a consumer experience, you could also have a consumer experience using AR to help you then assemble furniture. Like if you did something like Ikea, um, the world we operate is in like more like in the Ikea factory, like how are they maintaining the machines? How are they, um, how are they uh, doing the QA processes in the production side? But AR is going to bleed into the home life too, both in a kind of a B2C as well as, as you said, the gaming and, and kind of brand experience uh, side of things, too. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see some of those famous IKEA instructions a little bit easier to follow. I think that's probably a big opportunity there. Uh, but speaking of the companies that are using AR, of course, we're investing. Uh, we're an investing company. We're looking for the businesses that we feel like are changing the world and recommending them to our members. What are some of the companies in the space? And these can these can be private and public. But what are some of the companies that you have your eye on? Uh, the ones that you feel like. Uh, are are making such a great impact today, other than upskill, because clearly you guys are doing a lot of good stuff. But what are some of the other companies that you pay attention to in the space? Yeah, so in the in in the public space um, where there's there's you know scuttlebutt about it, um, obviously Microsoft is is a is a big one right now with what they're doing with um, Hololens too. And again, this is this is 
a lot of this is focused on the, the enterprise or industrial side of it, but that is an incredibly important advancement for the mixed reality market, which is the, the more immersive um, wearable side of, of augmented reality. Um, you know, go down the stack a little bit. Um, Qualcomm, which is which is a company that you know has obviously been a major driver in the you know handheld mobile revolution, is getting into the into the AR space. And I, I have a you know must have said this in blogs for years. Like, there's going to be an entire class of new silicon that's coming out to take advantage of these specialized form factors. And right now, most chips are just cell phone chips stuck in a in an AR headset. Qualcomm, I think, is thinking about things in terms of where's the technology going, how are they going to be the, the folks that win in that future market. So that's that's one I keep an eye on. Um, you've got the, the the consumer companies like the Google's, Apple's, Facebook's. Um, they each have their own flavor of stuff they're working on. Um, you know, Google's the only one that has a set of glasses in the market, unless you count um, Oculus for the, the VR side. Um, but they each bring like their own unique capabilities that are already part of their core competencies into the market, um, and particularly Apple with a developer ecosystem around um, and Google too on on AR Core and AR Kit. I mean, you're 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 building a community that knows how to produce content, um, optimize around these new interactions, um, and that that just lets the creativity. Um, I think accelerate. Uh, we, we obviously saw that play out with the, the App Store um, revolution. Um, I'll you know throw a competitor out there, uh, PTC. Their uh, company that was traditionally known for their their CAD design tools. Um, Jim yeah. Hellman had a vision for connecting the entire product lifecycle, and and you know saw the same thing we did around how do you how do you do that with with the workforce in the in in the moment that they're doing the work. Um, I like what they're doing. Um, it's definitely uh, you know a new take on on their business. They're a worthy competitor, um, but those you know, those are the ones that are top of mind um, for me in the public market space. It's really interesting that you mentioned PTC because while it's not a company that we've recommended. It is one that I've got on my watch list, and it's one I found to be very similar to another company in the service, Autodesk. Uh, just generally, that CAD software, the 3D uh, design, I mean, those engineering firms are taking technology and doing some really cool stuff with it. And so, I'm glad we're able to put PTC in that context because. You know, you've you've piqued my interest even more with that company now. Um, I mean, you know, we talk about the companies that you like, but also uh, let's talk about some of the industry experts uh, that you like. I mean, there's a world of talent out there, that, you know, teaching us all about AR uh, and, and its uh, potential there. What are some of the resources, and who are some of the resources that you look to as a way where we can learn more about augmented reality? Yeah, no, I joke that there's a there's a bunch of OGs in the space that uh, you know we, we every Thursday night we put on our smart glasses and hold a meeting virtually, kind of like a scene from Kingsman. Um, but uh, yeah, there there's um, actually there, there's a lot of just incredible um, talent uh, that helped get this industry off the ground. That um, a lot of it is still involved um, in the market, whether you have folks. Um, Building smart glasses, delivering capabilities. Um, we do a lot with um, folks like Accenture um, and their their augmented reality um, XR practice, um, feeding into their industry practices. There's a lot of expertise at um, at Intel that's still very active in the market. Um, there's uh, 
Also, um, some folks that had an early plan that have really doubled down on it and have created entire business models around helping others understand what's going on. Um, Tim Merrill's one from DigiCapital that has a data-driven um, insight platform uh, that's been really interesting to, to watch um, enrich kind of a data-driven model around where, where AR is, is happening. And it, it helps you remove a little bit of your own like uh, bias of being too close to a particular segment of the industry, you can kind of zoom out and, and take a bigger view. So it's quite a bit of, of, of resource out there. Um, I will say it's from the days when it was the wild west to now where there's a lot of practical um, problem solving happening for, for a real ROI. Um, it's been incredible industry to engage in. Like there's a lot of people that really care about what they're doing and they're, they're, they're very helpful in, in sharing that experience. I want to wrap up here with a question regarding, I think, the skeptics that are still out there. And, and I, I want to refer to an article I recently read, which kind of, you know, it kind of grinds my gears a little bit when I when I hear this kind of stuff. It was an article talking about the new Harry Potter Wizards Unite game. So, I mean, any of that stuff. I mean, I'm always fascinated fascinated by all of this technology. So I downloaded the game to check it out, and, and the article says that the game is off to a slower start than maybe they had predicted. They were thinking they would take some of the lessons learned with Pokemon Go to make the Harry Potter game better, and that you know, really, the slow adoption of this game is just a testament to the fact that the masses aren't really buying into AR yet. And, and I feel like even in our interview today, already we've explained to people that AR is so far beyond just games and entertainment. I mean, what do you say to the AR skeptic out there who thinks that AR really is just limited to things like Pokemon Go or Wizards Unite or that sort of game experience? Yeah, uh, it's kind of funny because on one side, I'm like, are there really any AR skeptics left? I think it's... Yeah, I thought the same thing when I asked the question, but there are some out there. No, I'm like, I'm not doing my job. I feel like uh, I was the like spent a long time Johnny Appleseeding uh, that over the last eight years. But um, so, so just zoom out for a second. Like AR has existed for a long time. Um, it's been over 20 years since that yellow line of scrimmage graphic in, in football game broadcast. Yeah. Um, rolled out. That's that's augmented reality. And imagine, so take that for a second. And say, okay, they they used AR to make a already good game so much better to engage with for the fan experience. Could you imagine going back to watching like an NFL game or or any game without like the that that kind of experience enhancing it from your home? I can't. No. Um, so take the Pokemon Go example that game would have been a hit whether or not it had AR. It was a fun scavenger hunt game. And AR is a feature that you could turn on or turn off. I actually don't know the data split between which way people prefer to engage it, but it was a geocaching game that was fun for people to play. So I think the I think you start with that. Do you have something that's going to drive value for people in the first place? Can you solve a problem? And then you need to ask, like, why would AR make that Better. So I think you take um, Pokemon Go. AR wasn't the core experience, um, but if you apply that back to the football example, it enhanced something that was an incredible engagement mechanism for the people involved. So um, I, I really don't hear much of the if anymore. I think it's when, and you apply the when is AR going to take off, and you and you apply it by domains. So in the enterprise domain there is real core problems that need to be solved right now around getting data to people. And you look and say, can I do this on a computer? Yes, but it's a terrible experience. 
Can I do it in augmented reality? Yes, this person can now do their work while they're looking at their work with their hands on it. So you solve the same problem, but with an incredible experience layer on top of it. And I, I think if you look at each domain um, and the problem sets around it, if AR can solve a problem there in a way that you can't right now, it's just a matter of when it becomes cost effective to do it. So that's the, P, the point of view we bring in um, to wearable ARs, looking at it as, is this new natural interface going to be the driver for change um, in those industries? But it has to solve a problem first. And that's, you know, we look at that when we do mechanics on a, on a line, what, like regardless of the industry, like in field service environments, like if they already have a tablet and that works for them and it's the same fix every time, maybe they don't need this real-time info. But if it's a game changer for them, that's a market we want to go after. Okay, well, we'll leave it there. Brian Ballard, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. You are very welcome. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. An affiliate of The Motley Fool LLC manages a vehicle that holds an interest in upskill. Today's show is produced by Austin Morgan. I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.